0: Welcome, everyone, to this edition of our Tri Talks. Um, we're taking a couple of minutes to have a conversation with various community leaders across the sport of triathlon, um, and to give viewers a glimpse of some of the inner workings in our sport, um, your host, Sebastian important, and with me today is Lauren Thorne. Um, Lauren, I'd like to start with a couple of icebreakers, uh, so the audience has a chance to get to know you a little bit before we get into, like, the nitty-gritty. Um, if you kind of use, like, one word to kind of like, describe yourself, uh, what would that be?
1: um yeah I mean first of all thank you for asking me to be on this I've had only good experiences with triathlon Alberta so very happy to be joined this uh one word to describe myself I think through my journey of triathlon uh, a word that resonates with me a lot is uh has to be resilience right yeah. now
0: <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> all the way
0: yeah absolutely it's, yeah it's not an easy sport by any stretch and <laughs> um okay And uh, so, what kind of book would you kind of have on your nightstand, and why? Are you a reader?
1: You know, I I actually am not a reader, Mm -hmm. and it's funny that I haven't read a book for quite a while. But my coach actually semi forced me to read this book called uh, "Racing Tactics for Cyclists," Mm -hmm. which mainly pans on um, like a pro cyclist, but a lot of the stuff in the book can be used for triathlon and. I mean, I actually got some useful tips out of it, so I haven't read it for a while, but it was something that I did enjoy.
0: Right on, right on. And like, if you had to, I mean, it's it's kind of like early afternoon, but if you had to order a coffee right now, what would that be?
1: You know, I only started drinking coffee at the beginning of the pandemic, so kind of it's like still kind of new. But no. whenever I do go to a coffee shop, probably ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time, I will order a matcha latte. Oh like
2: yeah, tea latte
1: <laughs> all the way. I love matcha. That's
0: right on. My go to. Right on. Yeah, like you know, pre pandemic, like I used to drink a bit of mix of coffee and tea, and now it's just straight coffee all the way through.
2: Oh yeah. Lifestyle. <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> all right now, now we got some of those like basics out of the way um can you tell us like a little bit more about yourself and like kind of what got you started in like the sport of triathlon there
1: yeah absolutely so I mean when I was born both of my parents were racing Ironman so mm-hmm. I had that initial exposure of what on earth a triathlon is very early on mm-hmm. and they'd always put me in those little community races just to mm-hmm. go out, watch your kid have some fun for a little bit go be active And then when I was about five, they put Mm -hmm. me in um, just a swim club just to Mm -hmm. kind of start, you know, kids doing something active. And Mm -hmm. I ended up staying in there for like 11 and a half years in the (laughs) national swim club. So I stayed in there for a while. And during that time, um, around in middle school, just through classic cross country or track and Mm -hmm. field, I noticed I had a kind of an ability to run. Mm -hmm. So I started kind of narrowing my focus more on running and being a trackie and just doing more track meets than swim meets. Mm -hmm. And when I got a bit older, we had the junior series. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't even know if that's happening right now.
0: We just relaunched it.
1: Okay, that's exciting. (laughs) I I wasn't sure if that was happening, but I was really Mm -hmm. hoping it was. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, no, racing in the junior series, I raced purely off of swimming and running I didn't even know you could train for biking like Mm -hmm. I didn't even know Mm -hmm. that was a thing but based on the the training for the two sports I performed fairly well I had good rankings and it came to a point off of those um, performances that I was offered a place in the Victoria National Center Mm -hmm. and honestly that's kind of what started my journey from here just you know never really trained triathlon and then Mm -hmm. kind of slowly got into it when I was a bit
0: older Mm -hmm. like for like some our viewers who may not actually know i think lauren you actually won a few of those junior national races right
1: i did yeah (laughs) probably helped getting into the center a little bit at the time yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh so like uh once you got started with like the in the sport and got the competitive ranks and race with trough alberta uh with the provincial program can you tell us a little bit about that process and kind of like how that how that kind of worked a little bit
1: Yeah. Um, so the process, you know, I had amazing time with Alberta triathlon and I think that's, if not the main reason I kind of stuck with it a bit more was just, you know, showing up to races with this great team. Um, Mm -hmm. at the time it was, um, you know, training under Bart U Jack and we Mm -hmm. had the 34, 33 team. And it Mm -hmm. was like, I loved it. I thought Mm -hmm. it was just something that really excited me. And we'd go to Tucson during spring break and, Mm -hmm. I thought it was just the highlight of my year to go do that. So I think that really stuck with me. Just such a positive process and being around so many just great down to earth people kind of leading me into um mm-hmm. the on Pathway. Yeah. And um, you know, before I accepted my position in the national center, I wasn't honestly sure if I was going to stick with triathlon Mm -hmm. at the time I was very split into being um like an 800 meter runner which I was performing well on at the time but a part of me didn't want to let go of that big swimming background you know all those hours in the pool I was like I should maybe capitalize (laughs) on this like I I feel like I would hurt if I just let that go and just went to the track Mm -hmm. and um yeah it was it was a weird decision that it wasn't just you know had that offer right away I wasn't sure if I was going to stay in Calgary and do triathlon because I, I loved BART I loved mm-hmm. the, just the team the culture there mm-hmm. but at the time if you wanted to do high performance triathlon in Canada you mm-hmm. went to Victoria yeah that was the pathway at the time I mean mm-hmm. it's changed now but that was mm-hmm. it was like a strict thing so mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: also kind of how I made that decision
0: yeah yeah, and uh, that's, uh, that's partially kind of what's, uh, what's coming down the pipe, uh, slowly but surely is a little bit, I think, of decentralization with that national program, it seems. Uh, but also on top of that, it's like, um, in the West, at least, uh, building out a university series too, so that the kids have another series uh, to race if they want to kind of stay home, right? I
2: love especially that. Especially when you
0: have like, especially in Alberta, like, yeah, have these world class, universities with the university of calgary university of alberta and uh, like, why wouldn't you plus we have some pretty decent coaches here
1: oh my gosh definitely so much so
0: but uh, to be announced later
1: <laughs> that's exciting i love that i love that that's coming
0: um so after racing on the junior national circuit for a few years um uh, I guess you kind of touched on a little bit more on that motivation to move to Victoria and train with the mm-hmm. with the national team um how was kind of like that that experience there because you were there for a few years right
1: I was there for six years mm-hmm. yeah you know going to Victoria there were so many positives there were also quite a few negatives mm-hmm. I mean Victoria itself it's my favorite place I've ever been to. And I do hope to move there sometime in the future. <laughs> Being in the center there, you know, you have access to the Commonwealth pool. You have the Pacific Institute for Sport Excellence. You mm-hmm. have so many practitioners like a sport doctor, nutritionalist, physio. Mm-hmm. You have a really good hub setup, which is something that's rare, where everything is, you know, minutes from each other. You're really in this dialed mm-hmm. high performance atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, For me, there were some difficulties being in the center. Um, You know, I didn't get along with some of the coaches a little bit, which Mm -hmm. caused some, some difficulties. And Mm
2: -hmm.
1: a lot of the center is very developmental, which it should be, you know, getting athletes going so they can perform in the future. Mm -hmm. And it came to a point I wanted to have a, maybe a little bit more say in my program, instead Mm -hmm. of just blindly following this put out structure. And Mm -hmm. I listened to many podcasts for elite athletes, and a lot of them do touch on this point where they started taking incentive over their training and, you know, playing with their weaknesses and really capitalizing on their strengths. And that was something that was a little bit out of the question. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It was different, though. I mean, especially after this past Olympics, we did see some things come into the media about um, some unethical behaviors that were happening in the center. And mm-hmm. frankly, most, literally most um, national federations have spoken up about stuff happening now. So it has become very present that some environments can be toxic. And, you know, I was involved in a little bit of things, but mm-hmm. you know, I, you know what, you're out of it now. I'm out of it now. and. You realize how naive you were when you are in something, but there's literally nothing I can do about it. But um, you know, move on, find a better atmosphere, and that's exactly what I've done. Yeah, there's exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you have to know when to cut the cord and
1: exactly and, right, I mean, and,
0: and move definitely. on to to something different, better. Right. And yeah, that's how that's how it is. <laughs>
1: It's true. So, I mean, I don't know if I want to say they're exactly negatives because they've taught me, you know, who I want to be around, what type of atmosphere, what type of communications I want to allow with coaches. So a lot of things that I learned there, which can only lead me to better things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's experiences, right? And, um, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I guess that, that kind of touches on, like, what kind of compelled you, to because I think you moved to the States uh, for a bit, right, to, uh, to did, train there. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, that kind of, like, uh, what, like, you know, like what kind of compelled you to move there, but I guess that kind of sort of touches on that a little bit, uh, is to kind of get into that new type of uh, environment.
1: Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, if you look... At my track record for, you know, competing in the last six years, I'm either injured or I'm sick. And Mm -hmm. a lot of those could have been prevented. And kind of what we touched on a bit before is, you know, 10 years ago when I was 15, the pathway to be a high performance athlete was straight it was straight as an arrow you grow up in your province and you go to Victoria Mm -hmm. and that's where you base and that's where you're going to be successful Mm -hmm. even in the last couple years you do see the provinces you know getting a bigger group and becoming successful Mm -hmm. by themselves like not being in this western hub and Mm -hmm. I think um realizing that you don't need to be somewhere that has all the glory to be successful is is huge to kind of realize that and Mm -hmm. it took me a realize that Mm -hmm. where you don't need to follow the the trajectory of where everyone's going to be able to be successful in the sport. So um when I realized that kind of the center wasn't working for me and maybe was the training plan, but all I knew is that it wasn't for me. I was always injured or always sick. Mm -hmm. And so a time came through a mutual friend where I got in touch with my now coach who was James Peterson Mm -hmm. and he remotely coached me for a little bit because I was still living in Victoria. I was finishing school and I frankly just didn't have the money to go move out to the States. Mm -hmm. And right away it was such a positive atmosphere, like just a coach that really just cared about their athletes. And what I've realized now is it's actually a rare thing to have a Mm -hmm. coach who's just a genuinely good person. I mean, Mm -hmm. So growing up in Alberta, where you have Lisa Mensink and, um, or you, Jack, just specifically in Calgary, like those people are, which I think, just give a really good baseline of what mm-hmm. a good person and a good coach should be. I think they're absolutely amazing people. And James uh, kind of followed along that. Like he would come to appointments with me. He would set them up. He just was so invested in each athlete he had on the team, mm-hmm. which you don't see a lot of, like, it wasn't just like a business. He was like, I'm here for all of us to win. And, you know, he will do whatever it takes to help each individual athlete get there. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing I noticed right away was whether it was like training, um, I mean, I haven't really raced yet because of some (laughs) health issues, but it was this really refreshing feeling that I was, um, I was training or hopefully to racing just to make him proud because I, you know, he cared so much about me. I care so much about him and the group and just wanting to Mm -hmm. represent a really good name. Whereas in the past, a lot of my training and racing has been because I was scared, like I was racing scared. I knew there would be punishment. Mm -hmm. I was constantly kind of told like I'm easily replaceable. Mm -hmm. And I I didn't realize how much of a, like a big burden that really takes Mm -hmm. just when you're racing kind of free that then just under this type of um, unideal pressure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, James has been amazing since, I mean, I haven't been training quite a bit recently just health issues but um he's still checking with me all the time and you can just help amount of um just the mm-hmm. amount that he cares
0: to yeah. still make sure that I'm you know doing
1: okay which says yeah.
0: yeah no that's that's great to hear and uh I'm really glad that you've found a coach that that kind of works for you and because it, it really truly does make all the difference uh, when you have somebody that like, in that position and maybe you mentioned some coaches that we have here in Alberta, and like not sure if you know like lisa like she's our canada games head coach this this year too and, uh you know she's she's shown herself proven herself and um yeah i mean it, it goes to show i mean even like 10 years later like the name still comes up for you right and oh, that just, absolutely. just shows right and uh, so you mentioned you had like a little bit like um, like health issues as well like you had a bit of a run-in with COVID. um can you tell us a little bit more uh what has kind of affecting you because i think it's one of the things that's not really reported on all that much is like how certain athletes can, mm-hmm. can really be affected by by COVID.
1: Oh, it's it's crazy and you're right, you know, there's no complete diagnosis of, you know, if you experience long COVID and everyone seems to affect or to exhibit it differently once they are infected.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, for me, the people that I was around, they had, you know, a sore throat or kind of a cough. And when I realized that I could have been affected, but I was still showing negative, I, you know, there were many red flags that were happening. It's Mm -hmm. a little side story. I had uh, a three hour, like a three and a half hour trainer ride. Mm -hmm. And I was so tired that I would get off every half an hour, have a nap, Get back on. <laughs> and I would just continue that, and I think at like two and a half hours, I was like, "This is just dumb. Like, what am I doing? Like, obviously, I'm not okay mm-hmm. if I have to keep going to have a nap." And then, you know, a few days later, I test positive, yeah. and I think it was the most ill I've ever been. Like, mm-hmm. I it was like the worst flu. It was it was terrible. Yeah. Like, how is everyone getting off with a cough? And I'm like dying. Like, I thought I was a healthy young individual. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took me out for like a, a couple weeks, which I think is a normal thing for people mm. to have happen. And getting back, the process was actually okay. Mm. Um, it started off slow, just dealing with the classic, like my high heart rate, kind of feeling the fatigue and kind of brain fog. And I actually went like a couple months where I was okay. Like I was... Mm-hmm. You know, things were looking really positive, like each week was a little bit better. And I was like, you know what, maybe I won't be one of those people that's going to fall back down with this long COVID. Right. And then this week came where it went from the start of the week was, yeah, I'm doing okay. And the end of the week was, I am so not okay. Mm -hmm. Like pain just going through my body, crazy Mm -hmm. brain fog. Like Mm -hmm. I did not get out of bed. Just the fatigue was insane. I was like, okay, like this, this is not good. And it was a little, it was kind of evident of what this was because I had at the time with my training, there was no reason I should be tired. My nutrition was completely up to par. Mm
2: -hmm. So we
1: were kind of, I was working with James being like, is it this? No, could it be this? No, like just really narrowing it down. Like, Hey, what makes sense here? And we kind of dialed it down to must be a COVID thing. So we really backed off training. Um, mm-hmm. I took myself off some start lists, and the next few months just went completely downhill. Mm-hmm. I mean, from trying to do some double training, like I wasn't even doing like just bare minimums, no intensity, just getting out there to do it. Mm-hmm. To I would go in the pool, I would swim eight hundred meter warm up, and I would be trashed, and I would get out, and that was my day. Yeah. And then it got even worse where I was starting to get a lot of fainting spells out running, like having to stop, sit down, um, just strong pains in my chest, Mm -hmm. like weird gasping for air. And that was the um, like, okay, there's something wrong.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm only getting worse. Uh, once once it kind of goes into heart and lungs, for me, at least, I'm going, I'm, I'm not going to push this. This is mm-hmm. something that's delicate.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So at that time, um, this was only, I think I came back to Calgary at um, kind of the first week in May. So after a few months of just kind of trying to deal with it, seeing if anything would get better, I came back. Um, just to get tests done, my insurance went to covered many of the things down in the States. Mm-hmm. So My plan was come back to Calgary, get some tests done, you know, just take myself out of the atmosphere of training and racing and just try to get better. Like, mm-hmm. I can't go for a walk without having some dizziness or some heart pain?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's been a process. I've had many blood tests. I've had ECGs, CT scans, x-rays, like just... I'm um, going through like the whole stress test because yeah. it's, it's very evident something is wrong, but I can't, I, I know, I don't want to push it, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I've kind of just accepted my fate right now of my number one priority is just finding out an answer and hoping mm-hmm. there's maybe some solution and just slowly getting back into training and to mm-hmm. see where that goes.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Like uh yeah, take your time because oh my god, like it can take so long to recover from something like that. Like in my yeah. own racing career I had um um issues as well and it took a long time where it's like you have forced rest and that's the way it is. And um it <laughs> it, it will come back that's all like from from me at least like it, it will come back
2: <laughs> yes.
0: um that's all I can offer I don't know what your road will look like but uh and I re- but I really hope it will come back and uh we'll see you racing again um hopefully I mean even the summer right
1: I hope so I mean it's still early races go up to until November so I think mm-hmm. ideally yeah I would love to go back until the line I think if that Process does happen. I would have to change my expectations a bit on just knowing where I'm, my training background has been for the past few months, and mm-hmm. I need to get back if to get back out there, and if I can have a good mentality on the start line, that is a huge win. Just yeah. to just to go out and do it again.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have uh, quite a few races in Alberta that uh, that, that might be also. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> no, <laughs> there I'm there actually,
1: yeah i was actually talking with my dad um there's a local i live in chaparral and there's a local Mm track on there Mm -hmm. and we were talking about maybe doing a relay so i Mm -hmm. might uh, i might just go out and do something just to you know show up one day so Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's fun to do a little local one sometimes just to have fun with it completely
0: absolutely yeah um, well, I mean, thank you, Lauren, so much for, for joining us today on, on Tri Talks, And, um, I really hope, uh, things get a little bit better on the health, health side and, uh, we will see you racing again this summer.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I'm excited to hear about all the other podcasts that are going to happen. <laughs>
0: All right. And on to our next guest today is uh, Peyton Sheehan, who is actually one of our junior athletes uh, who actually just competed uh, in Montreal uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, where she managed to place third uh, in her category. So, uh, Peyton, uh, kind of like I want to kind of uh, do a little bit of um, uh, trying to get to know you a little bit for the audience. And uh, so if you had like one word to kind of like describe yourself, what would what would that kind of be?
3: Um, I'd probably say sociable
0: mm-hmm. like
3: I I love to talk especially mm-hmm. like before races and stuff I'll mm-hmm. always pick up the person who's right next to me and just start chatting away up until the
0: horn mm-hmm.
3: even and even right after just like we're all dying from the mm-hmm. run and
0: mm-hmm.
3: starting the conversation
0: <laughs> that's awesome that's yeah. great um and like do you kind of drink coffee do you not drink coffee and if you do what's like the favorite brew of yours or do you drink more tea or or not at all
3: Man, yeah, I don't I don't really drink coffee I'm more of like like a apple juice like mm-hmm, milk mm-hmm. I'm pretty pretty generic maybe water mm-hmm. not really coffee Fair
0: yeah okay. awesome and so okay so we got like some of those uh, you know basics out of the way and like can you tell us a little bit more about yourself like how you kind of got started in the sport and kind of what keeps you going
3: Well I've been swimming for Cascade Swim Club for probably like 14 years now Mm -hmm. and so I've had a long swimming background and I just instantly started doing track and field Mm -hmm. so in distance running so that kind of works so and then my mom and uncle they used to do triathlon like high level so they got me and my brother in like when we were really young Mm -hmm. and then my brother started doing it like competitively so mm-hmm. naturally I had to start doing it competitively too of course. so <laughs> then I kind of just started doing it and it was like super fun so I just kept going for probably this is my fourth year doing it now it's been mm-hmm. it's been great just getting better
0: Hmm. oh that's awesome there's nothing like a, a sibling rivalry to
3: exactly <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> um so I mean you had that phenomenal performance in in Montreal with third place can you kind of tell us a little bit about like how that race went for you
3: well, I got third place, it was our relay team. So like the relay was, it was so fun. Like our our team, my team was like incredible. They were so nice. And like, so we went in probably, like I was the anchor of the relay. So I got to run through that finish line. Mm-hmm. But so we probably went in fourth. Um, and then we, there was a Great Britain girl in front of us mm-hmm. and an American. And then there was like a Mexican I was like way oh, ahead. Yeah. But so pretty <laughs> much on the swim, like, with my swimming background, I caught them on the swim, and then me, me and the American dropped the the Great Britain on, mm-hmm. on the bike, and then, man, they came down to the run, and the American, like, ended up catching the Mexican on the run, and it was, it was so fun, like, a short, fast sprint, like, it was mm-hmm. even, it was shorter than a super sprint, and the yeah. course was, like, so nice, nice, and it was, like, flat, and just a couple, couple hills like just like short little spurts up and it was like in old montreal or whatever like oh, yeah, really nice. really like you could just look around and get a view <laughs> 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 the race was only part of it
0: mm-hmm. oh that's awesome and uh so kind of like uh, now after you've had this awesome race in montreal uh what kind of does the rest of the season kind of uh look like
3: well next week i'm going up to uh Stettler in alberta for Uh, one of the world world championship qualifiers for next year in Germany
2: Mm -hmm.
3: and after that um there's a race in Edmonton like the I'm not sure what it's called (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) and then after that like I'm alternate for the Canada Games so if I get Mm -hmm. to go to that I'll you know that'll be great Mm -hmm. but um I'm also going up to California and I'm doing a race in up there
0: so it's great Oh, that's fantastic. And kind of like what uh, will what be like the ultimate goals like in the sport? What, what does that kind of look like for you?
3: Well, I think my ultimate goal would probably be going to university for it, like getting to compete all the way through school and like onto post-secondary. Like mm-hmm. I know they have some good programs in like the states like mm-hmm. San Francisco or Arizona. But and then like even in Canada, like the National Training Center in Victoria, Mm-hmm. like i went down there once for a race and it was like so nice so
0: mm-hmm. that's
3: definitely definitely what i would want to do like keep going with the sport
0: that's awesome um well thank you so much uh peyton for for joining us today for our try talks and uh i'm sure at least we'll see you in edmonton for sure um if not in settler um and yeah thank you for joining us
3: yeah thanks for having me